Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Uh, we'll talk to Brian Scalbrini. He joins us here on the show, brought to you by Shaw's. Perfecting the art of fresh John's sewer and drain cleaning, the name to know when your drains don't flow, and by the hair doctor, Brian my Scalabrini. Uh, my guy, your guy, Dr. Matthew Lepresti. Call now at 1-800-GET-HAIR. And joining us here on the Harbor One Hotline is Brian Scalabrini. Scal, it is uh, Mutt 48 Mega. What's going on? I'm doing well. I'm, I'm uh, happy my team bounced back. Everyone knew they were going to win game two, but this series – there's this big swing, so uh, hope no overreaction from me. I just still I think it's going to be a dogfight. Uh, you were one of these people that wanted to have home court. You wanted to have the Bucks, but to this game series so far, these first two, um, they've been completely different games. How would you assess who dealt with the opponent better in these first two here, Brian? Ooh, great, great complica- uh, complicated question. Yep. So I think that the uh, short too. I think the Celtics. <laughs> I think going forward, I think the Celtics have a better plan, like a game plan of what they need to do to be successful against the other current team. I thought, like to me, the Bucks, they roll them out. They know what they're going to do. They're going to play through Giannis. They're going to try to get open shots. I, I know exactly what they did. But the Celtics, after game one, you saw them play really slow and stagnant. That's not going to work against guys who are seven foot at the rim, Bobby Portis, Giannis out there. you got to do a much better job of, moving those guys around. So game two, that ball had a lot of energy in it and bodies flew and multiple drives to the paint. So at this point, as an assessment, I would say I like the advantage of the Celtics. Like, but that's because it looked one team in game one missed a bunch of shots in game two they made. And then the second team, like the, the Bucks were awful from three in, in game two. So if both teams played great. It's, it's still going to be a dogfight of a series, but I do like where the Celtics are at as far as game plan after watching two. So, Scout, we, we talked about this a little bit last week about, you know, Giannis and what he gets away with, and is it a foul, is it a charge? But is there a little bit of you watching that game last night that makes you hate Giannis and just what nah. he get, gets away with? No, be honest. I, listen, if you're out there, the fact that this dude is just going to put his shoulder down, Scout, come on. He just put – like, he can't make nah. any shots, and he says, screw I'm just going to run you over. Be honest. Not, he's not You're doing not... that. He, he's not doing that. He's not what doing was he that. doing he then, has... Scal? What was he doing? Well, he has – like, the one thing that's like, – what makes him so special – so everybody in the NBA has what you call a gather point, right? That's when they pick up the ball. And his gather point, in which you, you never face this, you never go against it. His gather point is 16, 17 feet from the basket – he gets into your body. He uses remember, contact on the side of your body is legal contact. He's not running in there like a fullback, taking these small steps and driving through guys. He's euro stepping. He's, he's, he's trying to, you know, create an advantage, trying to knock you off. I thought Grant Williams did a good job of that, but I don't, I don't, no, I don't hate Giannis because uh, his gather point is 17 feet from the basket and he takes two massive steps to the basket. No, he's a hard guy not to like. And then you know his story, and he's a pretty humble guy, as good as he is. So, 
No, I don't hate him. I mean, at, at this point, I don't hate him yet. It's funny. I went up to Pat Connaughton the other day, and Pat's my boy. Like, we're going to go out drinking in the summertime. I help him out with his basketball camps when he wants any help. I walked up to him yesterday. I go, man, I hate cheering against you, but I got to do what I got to do. And he's like, I totally uh, understand it. So, uh, Bucks to me, listen, I like them a lot. I like their team a lot. And I, it's hard for me to sit there. It's not like the Nets. The Nets are easy to root against. This is a hard team to root against. But, yeah, of course I root against them because I want my Celtics to win. Scal, this question is a little less personal. <laughs> um, on the other <laughs> broadcast last night, Stan Van Gundy was going in on the Celtics, even when they were up, I think, still by 12 in the third quarter, saying that that half-court offense got really stagnant especially after the way that they started out just moving the ball all around in the first two quarters. That's something we saw a little bit against the Nets and definitely something we saw in the first game. How much of that is a concern for you moving forward when the ball just gets sticky in that half-court offense? Yeah, I, I hate I hated that third quarter. Um, not only the way the Celtics played, the, the reviews and all this stuff. and they went. You know they went 20 real minutes, real-time minutes where – the ball did not go through the uh, the hoop. Twenty minutes. So I think I think I think they need to attack. I think they need to do it with energy, and I think they have to sustain that. But and you're right, Megan. They did that against the Nets, and at times you're like, "What are you guys doing? Like, don't revert back to that." That's like, I in the last four minutes of a game, I'm totally fine with that. You want to get the ball in the Tatum's hands. You want to make sure everyone has the right space. You want to make sure you get a good shot. I think the Celtics are better when they're playing random and fast. And who cares? who shoots the ball or who makes the play. I, that's why I think they're when they're at their best, that's when they're doing, that's when they're unguardable, in my opinion. And uh, that's when their defense flies around, too. The, the crowd gets involved in it. So, yeah, I'm not, a, I'm not a big fan of that offense. It's the reason why we didn't beat the Nets by 25 every single night. And we had that game one, and we had, you know, like I thought we were batting the first half of game two. That ball has to move a lot better. And Sam Van Gunny's being critical – but he sees the other side. When the Celtics are moving it and playing fast and playing with energy, man, they're, they're a really fun team. they got a bunch of shooting. They're a, uh, they're a tough team to beat. Well, I mean, the three-pointers, especially Scal joining us here on the Harbor One Hotline, they've shot 93 three-pointers here in these first two games. And, I, Scal, I want them to keep shooting because the Bucks are giving them wide-open three after wide-open three. Is it sustainable to keep shooting upwards of 43s per game? Is that a, a game plan to beat the Bucks three of the next five here? Yeah, so as long as the way I look at it is as long as you're attacking the paint and not settling, right? Like I don't I don't love the pass the ball around three, I like around the perimeter. I love when you get in the teeth of the defense, kick it out. And if if you don't create rotation, those threes are a lot harder. They had a lot of uncontested ones. I didn't I wasn't mad at the fifty threes that they made. I just was mad at the way that they played. Like, you could shoot 53s, they could be bad. You could shoot 83s, and they could be good. I just – I want to see the ball, you know, get downhill and then go from there. And there were so many times in the first half where a guy had a good shot and he made an extra pass for a great shot. Look at all the assist numbers, and the three-point shooting was up. So, I think that's when they're at their best. So, I, I would – I know they're going to have to take upwards of 40. I thought 40 would be a minimum – in this series, unless the Bucks make an adjustment. But if the Bucks are going to have Portis, Lopez, and Giannis on the floor at times, which don't be surprised if Budenholzer at home goes with Giannis at the five at times. But if they go triple big lineup, then 100%, you shoot the three, but you do it with energy and you continue to attack and you look to, you look to get to that restricted area and you do it with intent to score, but you, but you still have to make the right play when you get there. 
So we're talking to Brian Scalabrini, who's taking Merloni, Fourier, and Mego drinking with Pat Connaughton during the summer. Can't wait <laughs> for that. Can't, I can't wait for that invite. I mean, really. I mean, why? Why should you have all the fun? What are we doing here? <laughs> Wait, wait, wait. So, if, what if it was just me? Would you guys want to go drinking? Or yes, of course. NBA champ. Oh yeah. With the current NBA player Pat Connaughton out. No, 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 no. We just we're just looking to party. Look, if you're using okay, the Celtics corporate who, card, we're there. <laughs> yeah. So, right. yeah. So that's it. So, so I was going to ask you. I think you think you already kind of talked about it. Is just okay. So now, now, now you go home. Now the Bucks are home. It's one one. So is the is Giannis's philosophy the same that we saw in Game Three? Hey, I'm not. Let's not worry about you know three pointers. Let's not worry. Let's let's get that. Uh, let's get back to my. Would you call it your gather point? And then in the get yeah. going downhill. Like, wouldn't that just? Why did you start that way? Right. Yeah, their their spacing wasn't good uh, the other night, and the Celtics like it's it's amazing with the Bucks. They're like a little bit of a roller coaster. Look at their finals run last year. They had their ups and downs, and that's the way that I think what happened in game one, sort of an anomaly. The Bucks usually start out really slow. Here's what I think happens with them. And I, I don't know that you, you, you guys can tell me if you think that you've seen this in other sports. I don't watch a lot of other sports, but when the Bucks are, everyone's counting them out. Celtics were heavy, heavy favorites. Drew Holiday is a guy that, like, when Marcus Smart got Defensive Player of the Year and Jason Tatum is considered an MVP candidate, they're like, Drew Holiday perked up. And he was like, all right, you guys, everyone's talking about you, but what about us? We got Chris Middleton out. Nah, we don't have anybody. We're going to lose the series. They, they, they perked up. All of a sudden, they win that first game, and, all, and people are like, Bucks are going to win it all. The Celtics aren't going to win a game. Like, the big swings of the playoffs. And all of a sudden, I think that they, uh, you know, lost their edge a little bit. And you get a team, so far, the team that has played with the edge is a team that has won. This, this series will settle in. I don't know when that's going to happen. It could be game three. It could be game four, where both teams are finally starting to play good basketball. But we haven't seen that yet. We've seen a horrible Bucks game two. We've seen a horrible Celtics game one. So eventually this series is going to settle in, and we're going to be able to do some like, great analyst work. But until then, we haven't seen the best of what both teams can do, especially – and who's – Who's making those plays when they need them, you know, with six minutes to go if it's a tie ball game at 101-101? Scout, with Chris Middleton out, offensively, besides Giannis, who is the biggest threat? You know, when Marcus Smart comes back in, which wing are you going to throw him on to try to contain and make sure that he doesn't take off when all the attention gets on Giannis in the paint there? So, so Chris Middleton was a, would have been a valuable player in game two when the Bucks have really struggled offensively. They go to Middleton a lot. They go to Middleton in a pick-and-roll situation. But what's the biggest threat of the Bucks is not Chris Middleton and his isolations or you know him making a shot. What's the biggest threat of the Bucks is when they're playing like we just saw the Celtics play in game two, when the ball is flying around and guys are shooting the three with a ton of confidence. So he adds to that. And there's no doubt about it. And every playoff series, Middleton has a 35-point game or a 40-point game or, you know, like a big game or a huge fourth quarter with Giannis goes out or whatever. He always has a moment in a playoff series. That moment could have happened in game two. Chris Middleton could have had 40 in game two, and the Celtics still could have won that game. So it's a unique thing about a series, right? It's because a guy plays really well. It doesn't always equate to winning. It's a that, that game, the, the Celtics were not losing that game no matter what. I don't care if Chris Middleton had the game of his life. Like, the Bucs did not play with enough edge to win that game. The Celtics had the edge. So, if, if he stays out, then, then there's, there's 
there's a moment there where Middleton could steal the Celtics again, but I still believe that the Bucks in this series, when they're when they're getting downhill, Giannis, you know, gather point, 18 feet from the basket, getting to the rim, forcing two guys to guard him, and moving the ball, that's when the Bucks are at their best. Uh, and when if if Giannis were to have 40 and have two assists. I think the Celtics would win that game. So I'm not necessarily worried uh, about Giannis having a big night. I'm worried, once again, about being in rotation, the Bucks playing with confidence, the Bucks playing fast, you know, getting with the home court, and then knocking down a ton of threes. So Middleton could be a factor if the, if the Bucks get stagnant. If, if we're in a game seven and it's 87-89, that's where Middleton could be a factor. But if both teams are playing at their big at their pace, then, you know, like Middleton will be missed a little bit, but not as much as we have seen in the past. Now, we always talk about, Scal, about the Jason Tatum, did he pass Kevin Durant? Is there a chance that we could see Tatum maybe, uh, I don't know, want to say overtake Giannis, but now he puts himself in, in that category because when you look at this series and you're a great player and you can say, I can't do it. Scal, I was trying to read, I was trying to read a question that Wiggy asked earlier today, but it's too long. It's too long. You see, you have no idea what we're doing. And they warned me not to do it, but I did it anyway. Is Jason Tatum the best all-around player in the NBA right now, Scale? Both two-sided? Both uh, all-around player. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. All. Let me yeah. let me let me just ask the final question. Because sometimes when people <laughs> yes, say all-around, <laughs> yep, all-around, like just saying offense, defense, or all-around saying passing, shooting, playmaking, rebounding, defense, all that stuff. Let's use the second one. All of it. All of okay, it. Okay. Yeah, I'd say, like, he's right there. He's, I mean, he's probably, I would probably say yes. But you have to factor in. Please understand. You have to factor in the defensive side of the ball. Yep. Defensive versatility. You've got to factor in rebounding. You've got to factor in playmaking. You've got to factor in shooting, playmaking with the ball, also playing off the ball. He's pretty close. I don't, you know, like I would have said two years ago, Clyde Leonard, Jason Tatum's a better pub. Uh, better playmaker than Kawhi Leonard is right now. Kawhi Leonard, maybe, when he comes back, is a better defensive player, but coming off an ACL. So, yeah, I'd probably say he's all around the best. Like, Giannis is all around unbelievable, can't shoot the ball, right? So, yeah. I would probably say, yeah, when you think when you want to factor in every element of the game and treat them all as a one or a zero, yes, that is Jason Tatum is probably the best all-around player in the NBA. Uh, the only bad news, we sit around until Saturday, uh, until Game 3, Scal. Good stuff. We appreciate the time. We'll talk to you next week. You got it. See ya. Uh, Brian Scalabrini joining us here on the Harbor One Hotline. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 